Does your bike need some love? Shimano Original Replacement Parts are the best way to renew the original function of your Shimano-equipped bike. Available online and at your local retailer. From Red Kite Prayer, this is The Pace Line, the podcast on two wheels. I am Celine Yeager, and with me is my co-host, Patrick Brady. Each week, we take a look at how cycling fits in our lives. How's it fitting in your life this week, Patrick? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I am oddly reaching a certain level of equilibrium with this. Mm. Um, my ex and I have worked out... Uh, a sort of schedule where, you know, even though it's probably a 70-30 split in terms of time with the kids and whatnot, she gets me a couple of hours, uh, four days a week so that I can get out and go ride or like, I don't know, record a podcast. Uh, <laughs> it's up to me how I use the time. Uh, but yeah, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I use it for, for riding. Yeah. Um, and, uh, the funny thing is that knowing that I've got this allotted time that she has budgeted in her day at, you know, one fifty p.m., I am busy changing because I know I'm going to be out the door at two o'clock when she shows up. Right. And so that that thing where I've I've talked previously about sometimes it's hard to give myself permission to go for a ride. Yeah. Yeah. Well. This doesn't make it so difficult anymore. It's like, Bucko, here's your window. What are you yep. going to do with it? And yeah. pow, I'm out the door. And even though like this week is a rest week because I've just had three rather impressive weeks of training relative to what my last two years have been. <laughs> um, you know, I get out there and I, I spin easy and I get back and the boys can be slugging each other and I still can... Okay, we're not going to do that anymore. Uh, Amazing how that works, isn't it? Oh my gosh. Yeah. No. <laughs> I, I mean, it's, it's real. Of, this is precisely why we are recording this podcast, right? Why is that? Well, because it helps so much <laughs> of the rest of our lives. All right. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, there's I was... the fact that, yeah, cycling's fun, but, you know, oh my gosh, it makes oh, the yes. other difficult parts much yes. easier. Oh, that's that. I am still, as you might notice, wearing my undershirt from my <laughs> my base layer from the ride. I couldn't that, see the Osso's logo for the octopus <laughs> from the ride. I did because uh, I too was at a point like literally just dropping f bombs with my head ready to explode. Just and I'm like, I know the anecdote for this thing that I'm going through. And I just like, I got on my mountain bike and by the end of it, I was singing in the woods. Like I was so like, I, mm -hmm. I, just like, it was just a release valve. Just like, <laughs> yeah, you know, just like, like okay. the instant pot. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Very much. You hit that thing. It's like, <laughs> that is exactly what the ride was like. And, um, it's funny. I went to another, there's a trail system that is right in my backyard that it's, 
everybody, people who you, I, every, as everywhere that are out of the woods are like hiking now, like more hikers than you've ever seen in your life. You know, mm. <laughs> there's a uh-huh. woman who walks yep. her goats on the mountain. <laughs> I'm just like, <laughs> what is going on? Um, but it, it's really technical. So you don't have to get very far to see nobody. You know, you just get uh-huh. up sort of the, the bottom trail as we call it. And all of a sudden you're, you don't run into too many people, if any. Um, <laughs> But I went over to another system where it's a little bit more of a ride on the road to get there. I was like, ah, it's a really nice day. And there was like nobody there. Um, mm. And I'm not I'm not real sure like why, why some because it's it's less technical than it is here. My my suspicion is that because I'm right in town, a lot of people are just gravitating to this one that is right, 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 right in town, you know, which mm-hmm. is probably the right mm-hmm. thing to do. Where this other ones is a little further removed from a population that would be walking to it. I mean, I saw kids smoking dope in the woods and that's kind of emblematic of sort of what's surrounding that, that, you know, that trail system. And that that's fine. Um, It's kind of an indicator of just how far everyone thinks they are from civilization. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, It's, it's interesting times, but it, but yeah, holy cow. I mean, the, the it was night and day like the mood was literally night and day you know it was just like very very dark because I've, i i've taken you know when all this went down i think i've mentioned before <laughs> i signed up to do not just one but i've got like three book manuscripts due it by the end of this calendar year um yeah that was dumb i don't think i'd counted up to three uh, but i i, I panicked wow. <laughs> Well, one no. should have one should have been done by now, and it's just like everything's just it's all utter chaos. So there's chaos outside. There's chaos in my work. There's chaos. I'm just like I need, and without uh, thank, I mean thank God for bikes. Like honestly, like mm-hmm. thank God mm-hmm. that that we have mm-hmm. them and we can still ride them because wow, mm-hmm. wow, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because otherwise, it would be all f bombs all the time. Yeah, I mean, it, uh, my head would just literally explode. I mean, I do, because I, I can't run as much as I can ride. I mean, I will go out and still trail run, <laughs> but I'd be crippled if I tried to run, at, like, <laughs> as much as I need to, you know, to, like, mm-hmm. take mm-hmm. it down a notch in my head. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. How about that? <laughs> I'm in touch. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, okay. So, what is your poll this week? <laughs> it's, it's kind of along those lines. Oh, just I gonna just, segue right in, dude. I boy, oh boy, I feel like we're getting into the cranky phase of this mm. quarantine. Um, you know, just people just losing patience, and you know, I don't know about your neck of the woods, but we have a lot of social media scolding borderline shaming that's been you know it's been kind of interesting to watch as this this draws out and the weather gets nicer and nicer (laughs) you know sort of drawing people out and as one might expect like people are are kind of drawing their own lines in the sand right like Mm -hmm. um you know you'll have one person who just rode 100 miles by themselves you know which is, I know I want to make a clear up front. I'm not saying anything's wrong with anything that I'm going to talk about, but it's just interesting to me, like how this is playing out. Like, so you've got mm-hmm. a person who's just ridden a hundred miles by themselves and they, you know, they've obviously gone pretty far from home and they have stopped at a couple of stores along the way to refill, probably wearing a mask, whatever. That's fine. 
But then sort of attacking some another two people for social distance mountain biking together, you know, and I'm just mm-hmm. like, OK, like technically is riding a century, you know, through all these other communities actually in the spirit of this and stopping at stores. Is that better, worse and different from two people riding 15 feet away from each other on trails where they see nobody? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, you know, I don't know, you know, and the same people who are upset at people for riding too much are sitting in their backyards with a couple of friends having social distance beers, you know, mm-hmm. or another one is going to Home Depot like every other day for supplies for non-essential home improvements. You know, it's like, right. I, I don't know, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. again, to be clear, I am not personally scolding anyone. I, I do really think for the most part. That everybody is doing the best that they can and that we get so many mixed messages with this thing. And yeah, I mean, so much of the communication has been vague. Let's just be clear about this. There's so much vague communication. Terrible. Wear a mask, except when you don't have to, but wear a mask. You know, like, you're just like, okay, what? But don't wear it if it's wet. If it's sweaty, it's not. I'm like, okay, what? You know, what are we supposed Uh to do? And it's such a... This is such a struggle against our very human needs in nature. We mm-hmm. are social creatures. And that's why, you know, solitary confinement is the worst of the worst punishments, right? Like, that's what yeah. you do to people who are, like, monsters. <laughs> you, know, you, put, right. but, you don't even but have I, to abuse them any further than that. Just put them in a room by themselves and things go from bad to worse. Totally. Totally. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that's, I think, maybe how you can make monsters, too. But that's another mm. another yeah. issue for another time. And, you know, we're all just kind of really left to our own devices to to interpret things, you know, and mm-hmm. to, to, to mm-hmm. figure out what is safe. And by and large, you know, it's also interesting, like evidence, like if you read, you know, I've been reading some of these studies and there's been, you know, some of the places that are opening up are doing so uh, clearing out their parking lots and making all their stuff outside, you know, like. Mm-hmm. Like there's some places in Montana where where it's opening up quite a bit, where the breweries are just like setting up the tables far away, you know, having these distance. But everything's just outdoors. And Mm -hmm. there was some early research that I just checked out from Hong Kong. You know, they looked at like 7000 some cases. And of all of those, like they could only identify one that might have been from somebody outside sitting next to somebody talking, Mm. you know, like. Because the outdoor transmission just seems really between the airflow and the, the, all the other factors, especially if you do include then on top of it, social distance, mm-hmm. you know, so it, it's just. I'm, again, I'm not trying to, like, make judgments or say anyone should do anything else, but it's just, you know, we are left to our own devices. And I do think that outdoors is, is important and it's better for many reasons. You know, I personally have narrowed my riding down to solo or with. Or with Dave, I'm really grateful, again, that I have someone I live with who's really fun to ride with. Um, you know, and it's mostly because Pennsylvania, where I live, is still code red. And <laughs> that's, you know, and bicycling, you know, where I am a very big part of that brand, has instructed people, hashtag ride solo. Um, so even though I personally feel that it's safe and acceptable to socially distance ride six bike lengths away from somebody on trails. Um, I'm not, I can't say that you should ride solo and then go out and socially distance ride Mm -hmm. with Mm -hmm. with any, you know, it just, 
But it's exhausting. I mean, it is 100% <laughs> exhausting. Um, you know, and I very much look forward to my part of Pennsylvania turning yellow. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> like, so small, because then small groups are, you know, I can ride with a friend, you know, and small groups are allowed to be socially distanced, but still hanging out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I kind of, I'm really looking forward to that because, you know, the more I think about it and, and look forward, I, you know, I don't, I don't know what other chances we're all going to have to ride together. Uh, even this year, you know, I've been looking, I'm still signed up for some stuff in the summer and fall, but I'm a girl who usually sips out of a half full glass while wearing my rose colored glasses. And Mm -hmm. I can't see 2020 events going off. I mean, I, I (laughs) have just, I have, I have just made peace with that. I mean, Mm -hmm. So many of these events take place in small towns, and that's why we love them. They're charming. They're remote. Rugged beauty, all that. And if we love them, then we don't take the chance of bringing 500 to 5,000 people into them and inadvertently leaving a health crisis in our wake. Right? Well, when you put it that way. <laughs> I know, but that's, I don't know how else to put it. You know, I mean, I know they count on us economically, but we economically devastate them if we come in and they've got one ventilator and we leave even like a, you know, cause even like a small outbreak in, in, a, in a very tiny community. That's, that's a hardship. It's not helpful. It's you know? a crisis. Then, yeah, it is. It is a crisis. And then you look like, what is an event? Like you think an event is community. It's hugs, mm-hmm. it's cheers, it's beers, it's start lines, it's finish lines, it's fun aid stations, it's being close to people, not wearing a mask and not worrying that everyone's a vector of disease. You know, and if 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 you take all that away and just make it like a time trial bike race where we don't talk or look at each other, then I don't know. Like, what is that about? Or, so you're saying that a bike event is completely the antithesis of our current life? Is am I following you there? I you that's exactly <laughs> what I'm saying. <laughs> you know, so I, yeah. So whenever I try to gaze really hard into my crystal ball, and I do, and see the other side of this thing. I just say that it's going to be like really true grassroots stuff for a bit, right? Like mm-hmm. we're going to be able to ride with our friends again at first. And then maybe, you know, like maybe 25 of our friends. And, and then I think it'll just evolve again into some hyper local stuff, like hyper local events will be first. And eventually when everything runs its course and it will, I mean, I, like I am not a doom or gloom person, like, Mm-hmm. Everything, all these things run their course. They they just do. Like through vaccines, therapeutics, herd immunity, these viruses sometimes just lose their teeth. They just, you know, they, they mutate and become less lethal. I mean, if you read historically, that, that happens too. Like right. the, the whole bunch of things, we will be free to frolic at big boisterous events again. But I think that's what we really want. You know, like that's what we really want. We don't necessarily just want to race our bikes again. We want a bike race again. And that's those are two different things. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I hope I'm wrong. I've never, ever wanted to be more wrong in my life. But, you know, I I think I think 2020 is going to be a reach at best. And honestly, for now, I'm just going to be super happy when I can just meet a couple of friends on the corner and go for a ride. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I, I mean, it's funny you say that and it helps me to clarify when I was looking at the calendar for 
you know, Northern California, Sonoma County mostly, but Northern California-ish, the, the events that I would like to go and do, you know, I was looking at dates in August and I just couldn't wrap my head around doing anything in August. Somehow it just, I don't believe that yet. When yeah. I look at the October dates and I go, well, okay, holy crap, that's a lot of miles in October. Um, I'll need to be in shape by then because <laughs> they're, they're like, there are, are grasshoppers in three out of four weekends. And I think, uh, one of the other weekends is a bike monkey event. Um, you know, so I, I don't even know that I could do all of, all of what's on the menu for October. That's a very separate issue, obviously. Right. Right. But I, I like you, I am hopeful and I, I do believe this is going to run its course. And at some point everything's going to be fun and chill and, yeah, I don't really want to show up to an event unless the fools from t- uh, from T-Rex Productions are there making quesadillas and right. running around on kids' bikes in b- dinosaur suits. I mean, that was never why I b- started bike racing, but certainly it is part of why I show up now. <laughs> <laughs> I want some foolishness. Um, yeah. You know, I, and so I look at all of this and... Uh, I yeah, it's it's a struggle for me to start imagining the next chapter just yet. Mm-hmm. I I will say that um, I want to be able or, or my best picture of myself allows everyone the grace of their budges with whatever the <laughs> rules are. Yeah. I don't, I don't really want to get in anybody else's face. Now I was out for a tandem ride with my seven-year-old Matthew earlier today. Uh, big brother, Philip was working on his science project. Poor kid. Uh, so we're, we're out in one of the parks on a bike path. And I don't know if these were a bunch of college ROTC kids or actual young army recruits or what they were. But most of them had military backpacks on and they're running around and it's, I don't know, 20 odd people in a gaggle. Nobody is at least six feet from each other. (laughs) And they're completely balking the bike path. And I roll up on them like, hey, uh, bike back, (sighs) bike back, you know, the fourth time, bike Mm -hmm. back. And uh, one of them turns and kind of looks at me. I'm like, you know, social distancing. And of course, somebody had to go, bad data, bro. Wow. <laughs> so oh, we rode boy. through and I didn't say anything else and oh, I chewed on my tongue. There's no point. You know, yeah. there's just no point. Um, but that was one of those where it's like, yeah, I am likely to say something if you are doing something that violates my sense of what I am allowed to expect, which is yep. six bleeding feet from me. Yep. Uh, you know. But other than that, they're not even trying. I mean, like there's, no, there's, that's no, they've the thing. checked like, out on it. I, yeah. I give a lot of grace to people that I think are, you know, they're drawing lines. And that's why I kept saying, I'm not trying to say any of that is wrong. Cause I think like we all have to draw our lines. And as long <laughs> as you're trying and it's obvious that you're trying, yeah. I think that you get grace. <laughs> and I think that that, like, that's yep. just, that's good. Total, like, totally with but, you. But I'm there not are definitely pull people that you measure. can see that are not even giving yeah. a, an attempt <laughs> yeah. or, yeah. or that, or just being like, oh, it's just BS, which is just 
then you do feel like if you could get close, you just want to punch them in the face. But my arm's not six feet long, so. Uh, yeah, 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 um, yeah. And the poison gas thing is really expensive. It's all. You can get a big lance, like, you know, the jousters use. <laughs> oh, just ride through that. I was on a tandem. It would be very easy to carry it when I'm not using it. Totally. There you go. That's yeah. what I need. And I there know Matthew would be down with that. That will be uh, our pick this week. Yes. <laughs> a six foot lance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, um, you know, the, the place I go mountain biking out, uh, out in West County above Occidental, I've done some rides where I end up bumping into other riders there. And it's funny because we don't even really have to discuss, like, are we six feet from each other? We'll, we'll be in a, a little meadow and we're the closest two people to, to each other, except for a married couple. We're about 12 feet apart. Yeah. <laughs> There's real distance. We all roll out at separate times. We get to the next meadow or recollection point and we're all still really far from each other and we roll out separately. Um, and that has felt really wonderful. I was on the phone with a friend last night and observing that, okay, I'm an introvert. I am happy working from home alone. <laughs> this is a lovely thing for me. And even I'm going a little stir crazy. Mm -hmm. So yep. I really feel for my more extroverted friends who are, totally. a, you know, my mother, if she ever starts to flag energy wise, my stepfather, God rest his soul. But when he was still around and he's, he'd see her kind of starting to sag, he would just take her out in public. He would take her to the mall, take her to a restaurant and she would just bloom all over again. It was like spring with her. And yeah, she's as extroverted as they come. And I really, really feel for her and anyone else wired that way. This has got to be awful. If I'm starved for people, holy cow. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. So everybody out there who on the Myers-Briggs does type out as an extrovert, man, cheers to you. I respect this is tough. Golly. Totally. We're going to take a short break for our sponsor Shimano and we'll be right back. At Shimano, we love riding and we know you do too. As a small repayment for all the joy your bike has brought your life, we encourage you to maintain your bike regularly. Genuine Shimano replacement parts will keep your Shimano-equipped bike running smoothly. Whether your bike is built with 105, XTR, or our new gravel group, GRX, a well-maintained bike will operate better and go faster. Worn out a chain? Consider that a badge of honor. You've been riding a lot. Does it sound like metal on metal when you hit your rim brakes? That's a sign it's time for new brake shoes. What if your disc brakes don't feel as crisp as they used to? Cool, you've been going fast. Give them a bleed. Does your chain skip on smaller cogs? You're using all your gears, and now your cassette is shot. Is that old saddle creaking? It may be fatigued because of all the miles you've put in. Consider a saddle from Shimano's Pro line of components. And what about your feet? Cleats can and do wear out, especially the right cleat if you're a cyclocross racer. Whether it is the plastic cleat on a road shoe or metal SPD cleat, they can and do wear out. To keep that love burning bright, show your bike a little TLC and take it by your nearest Shimano dealer to keep it running just like when it was new. 
Okay, we're back with the pace line, the podcast on two wheels. Patrick, what do you have for us this week? So, well, partly as we just did, we've talked about what's going on with all the post uh, postponed events that you, yep. I, and <laughs> listeners would like to do this summer. The growing list. Uh, <laughs> yeah, not to put too fine a point on it. <laughs> but have you followed at all what has happened to the pro racing calendar in the wake oh of the coronavirus? God. I just saw, did they just put out yesterday? Uh, recently, the right? They just dumped yeah. out that calendar. It's mm-hmm. unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this thing is to this, is, it is so surreal that I spent some time thinking yesterday, well, would a scenario like this be more likely to be imagined by Franz Kafka or Albert Camus? And I came up with, no, no, this would be Beckett. Beckett would come up with something like this. Only a fine artist in poetry would be drawing these. (laughs) I'm just going to throw that out there. (laughs) Your Honor, I plead no contest. (laughs) Go ahead. (laughs) So the first thing to understand about what, what has happened with this calendar is that they've squeezed it into just slightly more than three months. Okay. (laughs) Uh, I mean, you couldn't do this with a shoehorn. Normally it takes three and a half to four months just to get through the grand tours. It's like the pro calendar was a cashmere sweater put in a washing machine set for hot water. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So there are 18 world teams that are made up of 27 to 30 riders. The pro teams, the next division down, they're 20 to 30 riders, give or take. Okay. Then the bottom rung, the ones that my friends used to refer to as the 12K dreamers, uh, <laughs> those, those continental teams are 10 to 16 riders. Uh, women, because of course women don't matter, have between 18, 8 and 16 riders. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, there will be some more editorializing on that in a minute. Just yeah, give me a second. Yeah, I got a couple things to say later on. We'll see if you get yeah. to it. <laughs> Go ahead. So, so I mean, you know, there was a time back in the 1980s where when a team showed up to the Tour de France, they had 12 riders, okay? And they, they showed up with an armada. Mm. Well, now, because there are so many teams that they want to get into the race and blah, 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 it's eight riders per team. Yep. It's much harder for a team to control the tour now when you've only yeah. got eight guys. Um, the other stage races, uh, it's 20 to 25 teams of seven riders per team. That's, I mean, you're going to need to combine teams just to have any shot at controlling a race for any distance whatsoever. And then the classics, again, 20 to 25 teams of seven riders per team. So the way the pro calendar has been condensed means that events normally separated by weeks, if not months, will overlap. Many teams will be reaching through their entire roster to field full teams because of the need to have so many riders actively racing on a given day. Now, to give you some idea of just how much racing we're talking about, for the men, it's... uh. It's 127 days of racing over 29 events. Okay. There are five days of overlap between three different races. Okay. Hmm. That's, that's uh, 20, uh, 24 riders. I believe it was uh, 
uh, my math just checked out. Sorry. That's all right. <laughs> um, with the women, there are 21 events. That sounds pretty good. 29 for the men, 21 for the women. That doesn't totally stink. Oh, but they only have 31 days of racing, not 127. <laughs> okay. And there are only three days where they overlap on just two events. Wow. Uh, yeah. So Liège, Bestone Liège, Amstel Gold, Ghent Wevelgem, Tour of Flanders, and Paris-Roubaix all happen during what other race? The Giro. Wow. Okay. Okay. Wait, it gets worse or better. I, I don't know. If you go in for schadenfreude, it gets better. Uh, mm. The Giro and the Vuelta overlap by That's six insane. days. That's okay? insane. Not only that, the Vuelta has been shortened by several days. In part, I suspect, even though I haven't seen a quote anywhere, I suspect because it gives any rider who is needed at both Flanders and the Vuelta a day after Flanders to travel to Spain. <laughs> You're traveling on your recovery day after the tour of Flanders. How do you like that? <laughs> okay. And that's not all. <laughs> I feel like I've got a Ginsu knife I'm trying to sell. <laughs> the craziest overlap of all is how on October 25th, you will have the final stage of the Giro. Okay. Mm -hmm. Also, several hundred miles, maybe a thousand miles away, Perry Roubaix will take place. Okay. Oh, oh, wait a second. Wait a second. The sixth stage of the Vuelta a España will also take place that day. Okay. Wow. Uh -huh. I completely lost my thread with all of that. I, I, it's, it's just insane can i uh, just interject that i think it's amazing that they added a women's perry roubaix this year amongst all this madness it almost feels like we'll just throw that in there because we know it's not gonna happen like i, it, I like I, that's the big cynic in me but come on really now that's what you like i'm not gonna argue it with you I, yeah, it can, it can I mean, look like they're throwing a bone and then at the last minute, oh, c'est la période, c'est uh, pas possible. That's what it feels like. I'm yeah. just like, seriously? In this mess? Oh, here, look. And it's almost like smoke and mirrors. Like, look at this great thing we're doing. Don't pay attention to any of the mess back here. <laughs> I, you know, I just, I, anyway. Like the big... Like the big false fronts on the bill on the businesses in the old West. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so now there are other logistical challenges as well. So there's a fair chance that the squads sent to the tour of Flanders and Perry Roubaix would be almost entirely different than what a team would send to the Giro d'Italia. But many mm -hmm. of the riders at the tour de France are also riders who would otherwise have mm -hmm. gone to Torino Adriatico. Mm hmm. For the early season stage racing. But when you consider the teams that aren't going to have a GC rider at the Giro, the teams of sprinters, having a sprint train at the Giro will mean cannibalizing the squad for Flanders and Roubaix. Definitely. Oh, joy. Yeah. And later on with Il Lombardia, the former Tour of Lombardy, which is a climber's classic, if ever there was one. That comes smack dab, smack dab in the middle of the Vuelta. And the Vuelta is nothing but a climbing race these days. So mm -hmm. I can't mm -hmm. help but wonder how a team will decide who to send where. Okay. So I've got a couple of takeaways. <laughs> One, 
Teams will need to work extra hard to keep all their riders healthy. That's, I mean, that's just going to be incredibly difficult. When you're, when you're, when you've actually actively got more than 20 riders racing on a given day, you can't have many injured riders. Okay. Mm -hmm. And because continental teams have so few riders compared to world uh, and pro teams, many will only be able to compete in one big event at a time, which means that virtually every continental team on the planet will have a shot at doing one of the big races this year. <laughs> Yay, I think. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> but organizers won't be able to be as selective in their invitations. Or maybe they, you know, they'll have their invitations, but, you know, if there's a team that can't show up, they're going to have to go deeper and deeper into their roster just to fill the race up. So that means that there are going to be some crazy ass attacks by teams that would never other get otherwise get any limelight, mm -hmm. but also mm -hmm. some occasions where severely outclassed teams are going to get blown out the back of the Peloton, like a bunch of cat fours. That's going to be a thing as well. So the upshot there is just the racing is going to be crazy. It's going to be absolutely crazed. Well, and this is even assuming like, <laughs> like let's, let's just stop there for and, and pause and then consider that there are some riders who have been forced to train on their balconies for the past two months because they can't actually ride outdoors until like next week. You know, competing with ones that have had more liberty to ride outside and do hundreds of miles by themselves. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, those are enormously different base building setups. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, very true. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, so and another thing, you know, just to go with what is one of the most obvious things to observe about this calendar Oh, by the way, the Giro d'Italia is in October. Forget it. Forget it. They got Think about they how many times they got in May. They're never yeah. going to get over those mountains. They're never right. going to need snow so machines. This, <laughs> this will either be the craziest weather Giro ever, or it could turn out to be the flattest Giro in history. Fair. Yes. Yeah. I don't I mean, know which. Please. <laughs> yeah. Now, let's talk for just a moment. I mean, mm -hmm. all of this is like a sci-fi film where you have to give uh, the, the uh, oh, good Lord, the, the phrase just uh, suspension of disbelief. Thank you. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> or thank me. Uh, so providing all this happens. Yes. Downstream effects. What happens with fitness for the riders who have to be in Australia in January or like when the continental racing really gets started in March. I mean, are there going to be guys who are just absolutely flying at the Jacobs Creek tour down under or, you know, yeah. Come, come the early races in March in the continent, they're going to be flying. And then like, they just completely flame out before the start of the Giro. Like the real Giro. Cause the Giro is going to be like six months apart from each other. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Which is I crazy just, in and of itself. If you think about it. Oh Yeah. Yeah, no, what this what this does to the 2021 racing calendar and who's fit when that's total disarray, total and complete disarray. I I don't. I mean. Yeah, figuring out that training schedule. I mean, I think. 
personally, I think that if it, if if we get to have our bike races again, um, this will all be great fun in its own way to to mm-hmm. see this chaos unfold. And you know, I think uh, everyone will be happy enough to just be able to resume their livelihood and their racing. That they'll all figure it out. But yeah, it's it's uh, it's interesting. It's it's very interesting <laughs> to see what how this is all. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But as as we kind of alluded to earlier, you know, having those two calendars back to back. And by the way, that graphic of the calendar that they created, it looks like some college freshman's first use of PowerPoint. Can can I just I mean, don't they employ a graphic designer? I yeah, guess we I, have our answer. Well, <laughs> Moving right along. That, yeah. You know, just just having the women's calendar right there up against the men's calendar. It's like, wow, I, I guess they, they really do think that women are just beyond fragile. Uh, I, 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 our uteruses fall out if we race more than 30 days a year. That's fact. That's science. Yeah. I, I've, I've read that somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that's that's what it was. I ran over. I thought it was awesome. <laughs> I just sorry yeah. to all the guys who've run over my uterus and the multiple times <laughs> I've left it on stage races. But I don't. Yeah, it's it's there's you know, they keep they, they keep saying how this whole situation has brought to stark relief so many different things. And, and this is just one example of them, mm-hmm. you know, like it's really it's pulled back the veil on everything really just everything and it's just like wow okay yeah so that's what that looks like (laughs) yeah i because i had this funny reaction of like oh that looks like a fair fair number of events for women but wait why isn't there like more more color in this calendar and it's like i started counting up the days and it's like oh well (sighs) yeah uh (laughs) I, I, you know, and for all the women out there who've been championing more racing, you know, Catherine Bertine and women like mm-hmm. her who really mm-hmm. have just laid it on the line, laid their, their whole careers on the line. Totally. Literally. To try to try to get more racing for women. Good Lord. I can, I, I'm going to imagine there's been some lost sleep and maybe a little extra stomach acid and. Uh, and yeah, and like, and this is, uh, you know, this is what success looks like so far. <laughs> you know, I mean, it is, it's, this is where we're at. It's just, um, it, the, it's just, it's a, it's a, it's a really tough road to hoe. I mean, especially in a European based sport, so deeply steeped in, all of that European based stuff. I mean, there's still a lot of just, you know, I, yeah, there's a lot of, there's still a lot of sexism out there. I'll just say it. There, there just is. They are gradually working their way into the 20th century. Let's they are. It, it's true. And you didn't even talk about cyclocross. Like what's wrong with you? You didn't even talk, like you didn't even mention. <laughs> I, I mean, that's, you know, it's like how... Cross is coming, maybe. I don't know. 
I what do you say i mean the funny thing is you know for all the traditional cross specialists who weren't really on road teams you know it's probably going to be something like business as usual but as more and more of those mm-hmm. real cross stars have been on road teams yep oh you know yeah that's that's one guy out of the sprint train at the giro Totally. Or, no, or that's yeah. one guy not at the cyclocross race. It will definitely be decisions will need to be made. I mean, there's no <laughs> question. Like, there's those, those. And you, we haven't even thrown gravel into it. Like, we haven't thrown, mm-hmm. like, all, you know, that, that's all in there too. The dirty cans in September, or, you know, I mean, all this stuff is, is just, eh, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, cross may be coming. May. <laughs> <laughs> along with everything else <laughs> yeah I, 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 I don't know i mean i yeah i mean nobody knows nobody like that's which is the which is why everybody's getting testy you know bringing this full circle it's just the all these unknowns and then you know people getting sort of psyched up for stuff and then let down and psyched up and let down and, so, and that's a hard <laughs> cycle like that's a hard cycle like oh, it would have been kind of easier if in the beginning somebody said all right 2020 is canceled, you know, and we would have had you and a cry and everybody would have been upset, but then everybody can kind of mobilize and move on. But this sort of dangling of hope, maybe, maybe, maybe. And then, oh, no, 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 no. You know, like that's harder. That's way harder. Yeah. I I think back on what I learned years and years ago about the difference between earthquakes and tornadoes and how earthquakes are so much more stressful to people Mm -hmm. than tornadoes. Because you just don't know. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, there yeah. may be another aftershock. Maybe that yeah. was a foreshock. Maybe the real right. quake hasn't even happened yet. You know, with the tornado, sky's clear. Okay, it's done. Whew, yeah. Let's pick up now. Yeah. And yeah, so having some certainty really does people a lot of good. And you would have far more certainty if they had just canceled the 2020 season. You yeah. would know what was up for sure. Yeah, uh, and people could plan accordingly. Mm-hmm. Everybody. You know, I mean, it's yeah. a, it's a, it's a giant hardship no matter what. And and it's very unenviable. These positions are very unenviable. I mean, I listened to Eldon, Fatty and Hottie's podcast last week. I mm-hmm. don't know if you caught it, but they had on uh, Kevin, I'm going to blank on his last name, but he is basically like the CEO or some big guy in a Seattle hospital. He runs his own race series and he's a Leadville finisher and he's crewed for the lead you know, the running series. And so he gets it. He's in, he's way deep into it. And, (laughs) you know, he, he did not mince any words that he thought that none of it could happen, you know, like, and it's, but it's hot. It's, these are hard things because I mean, I, you know, I am, I have a front row seat to what happens with race promotion. A lot of times that money is already spent, you know, like people when they've already, registered i mean it's easy but it's like oh i want a full refund i'm like you don't know how much like your money pays for the event right like all that stuff like and without it's not like we we don't have a money tree mostly like you don't shake the tree and like oh we're gonna put on this event like you help fund it you know and when something happens and and often that's not reimbursable because it's like an act of god or whatever like then you know, they, I, I mean, the event promoters really try to give you as much money as they can back without, like, just bankrupting themselves. Right. Yeah, right. Taking really a hard. second mortgage. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's these are hard things. 
Mm-hmm. So, you know, I get it. But and that's why, you know, I mean, at least, you know, and paved was in the enviable position that we had an open registration yet. So mm-hmm. that's very helpful. You know, we, we, we have the luxury. Yeah, we have the luxury of being able to at least keep an eye on the sky and be like, okay, if we can have something super, super local and small, you know, maybe that's cool. You know, but it, like, mm-hmm. it's it's way more difficult when you already have like thousands of people. I do not envy the Leadvilles and the Dirty Kansas and those people in the world because they, wow, that's yeah. just. Yeah. And I know a yeah. lot of people are like, oh, but Lifetime. I'm like, yeah, I get it. But like <laughs> Lifetime's big money is gyms. And guess what's, you know, guess what's shut? for the indefinite future is gems. So yeah, it's hard. Yeah. It's really difficult. And then I think about a race promoter like Carlos Perez at bike monkey here in town, who has had a bunch of events, uh, canceled because of fires and, and other force right. majeure sorts of things. Right. Oh. To have another season, to have a season worse than last year, this year. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we here in town just pass a hat just to make sure we have Bike Monkey next year. Totally. Totally. Because that's how things go away. I mean, at some point it becomes untenable, like financially just impossible, right? Like it, mm-hmm. it's, yeah. And that's, that's where crowdsourcing and crowdfunding comes into play. Cause you just like, there's, there's only so much one, one person, especially like those small organizations, there's only so much you can do. I mean, I feel for, Brian, our friend here, Brian, you know, at the Kermesse, mm-hmm. same thing, just like one after another goes under, like that's your, that's your livelihood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's, yeah, it's really difficult. And so I'm, I'm hoping that we manage to figure out some way to make sure that we don't lose these event promoters. I agree. I agree. I, I just, I will confess once again that I, my ability to envision the future in 2020 doesn't really even begin to become sort of believable until about October. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm in the same, but, and, and, but I keep going back to like, that's how I felt about May when I was in, Fe- in February, you know, I, I like it, <laughs> it, 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 like it seemed like, Oh, by June. Right. And now I'm just like, well, June's like right around the corner. So yeah. it, all of a sudden, yeah, I'm not I, I, it. <laughs> it's not a stretch of the imagination for us to, you know, sit in summer and be like October in a way, you know, I mean, it's just, <laughs> we'll just see. I mean, that fingers crossed, all that stuff. I mean, I know everybody is working super, super, super hard. Everybody wants the same things. We are all in this storm. Everybody is in the storm around the globe. So mm-hmm. that's, that's the only thing that is hopeful, you know, about all this. Yeah. I, you know, to your earlier point about just kind of getting through the uncertainty and everything, a big thing that I've been pulling out of my bag of tricks is a saying from when I used to go to Al-Anon meetings years ago to try to get my head screwed on straight one day at a time. Yep. You know, oh, yeah. I will ask myself, you know, can I deal with today? Okay. I can deal with today. All right. I'll get to tomorrow, tomorrow. I, I have been pulling out a similar thing, only it was with Navy SEALs. Um, I read this. I can't remember the name of the guy. I can't remember anything except like the passages I was reading by him. But he was talking about how um, what's the difference between the guys that, that make it? You know, they have that hell week. They have their. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And 
And he's like, it is the ability to just stay present. It's the ability to to look at the moment that you're in, you know, and just like <laughs> and and know that that it, which is like an endurance. You know, I think being an endurance athlete helps an awful lot, too, because no matter how good or how bad it won't last. Right. Like that. That's yeah. my mantra. And yep. that's just true in life, period. It really, really is. You know, so. Um, yeah, I've been, I've been playing at the same thing, just being like, you know, today the sun was out, it was a beautiful day, I rode my mountain bike and life was not so terrible. You know, I mean, there's, yep. yeah, there's whatever, you know, it, it just, we'll figure it out. Like that's, <laughs> and, and we will race bikes again. Like there's, we will race bikes again. That, that's going to happen. We just don't, we just don't know the timeline. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the fact that I can still get out there and ride, I mean, that really is the big separation point for me for the, I agree. the division. Yeah, I agree. <sighs> yeah. And I can get back in Annadale now, you know, <laughs> that, <laughs> was, that was a big thing. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, oh, let's move on to Paceline Picks. What do you got? All right. I have a very simple one. Um, Scratch came out. I, I'm not a big chew person just because I, I don't tend to like the consistency of gummy things a whole lot um but oh. i do like scratch chews i think because they have that little sugary coating that crystally coating and they're not mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're the right kind of chewy thing for me well they came out with a uh sour cherry flavor that also has 50 milligrams of caffeine from green tea which i also really really love Ooh, like it's a good caffeine you know what i mean uh-huh. like sometimes Totally. Yes. Yeah. Cause sometimes that's not great, but that yep. it's just kind of like their matcha green tea, like that thing. I love so much by them. It gives you a little lift, but like it's clarity. It's good. It's like a clarity lift as opposed to like, you know, like a Red Bull, like God knows what I'm going to do with this energy, but it might be dangerous. Shot out of a circus. It's much, it's much better. And I love, um, Sour cherry. Like, I'm a big fan. Like, sour cherry is also, like, sort of, like, a really good... And it was made of real sour cherries, not that it's, like, uh, you know, medicinal doses of the stuff. But they are good for, you know, they've got good antioxidants and they're good for you. So, I like, that's cool. I Anytime there's, there's something that's not super sweet and has, like, that little bit of natural boost, I'm all over it for rides. So, I was pretty psyched to see that they came out with that. And it's, like... 250 a packet, you know, same kind of the single pouches mm-hmm. are the same price. And they do also have uh matcha green tea and lemon chews too, I think. That I are, saw I saw those. I haven't ordered them yet. I yeah. am due for an order. I'm almost Which, out of my fruit. I have punch not flavor. tried those, but I would I would uh I would try those too because I love that flavor for their energy drink for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I yeah, I'm due for more of the matcha and green tea uh energy drink. Uh, I need more of the fruit punch mix for sure. Um, and then there's the passion fruit. I love the passion fruit. As I well. have not it's tried really, that yet. It's, you know, the thing is it's different from everything else you've ever had. So mm-hmm. it's really refreshing from that point alone. Right. I get that. Yeah. Same with the fruit punch. Everybody else's fruit punch is different. I don't know what those lead with flavor wise, but this one leads, I think more citrusy than mm-hmm. other fruit punches. And yeah, so yeah, I always make sure to keep Scratch Labs on hand, despite anything else that I might be trying. They're just kind of my go-to. Plus, uh, you know, I've got some history with Alan Lim at this point. I really, really like that guy. 
and I like his philosophy about their products. And oh, I, yeah. I like how that company conducts itself in the market. So, yeah, I totally agree. Totally agree. And I and I do. I, I've been a, a guinea pig for some of his stuff, like the the super lucky. fuel that's coming out. Yeah, um, which which is cool. You know, I mean, he, they. You know, he is all about what I need, which is good gut health, you know, on, on the long stuff. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's like his really a singular mission when you think about it. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, he's. I mean, he's really been in the trenches and seen what works and what doesn't. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> from the from the beginning. I mean, that's he just that's yeah. his life. This is literally yeah. his life work. So, yeah, it's yeah. cool. Um, OK, well, so yours. <laughs> mine is a heart rate monitor. <laughs> oh, no. I know which one because I have it, too. The ticker. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, not you know, this is not a great big earth shattering product, but my favorite uh, chest strap on the market just got better. I, yeah, I would argue that I'll let you continue uninterrupted them, but I would argue that the ticker is an earth shattering product because I never consistently wore a heart rate monitor ever until the Wahoo ticker came out. Cause I hated them. They were big. They were bulky. They were uncomfortable. They lost signals. I just said, I don't care. like, I like, I often just, I went years without riding with one years and then that came out and i feel naked without it so i am a huge fan of that product okay my pulls through uh <laughs> well you can talk about the about the, the new the new one <laughs> well i mean i will admit i did go years without wearing a chest strap after i stopped uh racing and yeah. didn't need that information anymore i didn't wear one for a long time so it took me a long time to get back to a point of being mm-hmm. willing to wear one. The funny thing was like when I was training for racing and felt like, Oh, I've got to have this data. It was no problem to put it on. Once having the data was not nearly so necessary An annoying strap was something to not wear. Totally. totally. Uh, and so it took a little while for me to find one that, you know, I liked. And then the ticker came along and it's like, Oh, this is definitely better. Um, and now yeah, like I said, they're not massive overhauls to what that product has been. Uh, so there's the ticker and then the ticker X. The ticker X mm-hmm. has memory so that you can upload that at a later point, say if you're out running or something. So they're now the lightest chest straps on the market. 48 grams for both strap and pod. And the other thing that I found annoying, because, man, my Schwinn unit back in the early 1990s ate batteries mm-hmm. like children eat peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, and the battery life on this was already much, much better. But now they've done something and battery life is up by 50 percent. That, that'll be I mean, because I rarely change the batteries on right. the existing thing. So it'll be interesting to see what that actually comes out to be. Well, get back to me in 2024 and let me know how it goes. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) Um, Also, it's funny, you know, they, the pod has had LED lights on it to show that it's, you know, picking up your heart rate, but they were on the front and And I couldn't see them. Yeah. Well, they shifted the lights to the top of the pod. Mm -hmm. So now all you have to do is kind of look down instead of trying to curl your spine around to see them or look in the mirror. Uh, Not a bad shift would never have occurred to me, but oh yeah, handy. Um, Mm -hmm. They can now be synced up to three different Bluetooth devices at once, which 
I never thought would be a selling point to me, but there have been rides where I was afraid that my GPS might shut off. Mm -hmm. And so I synced it uh, to my Fitbit as well as my phone. Oh, wow. I want to make sure, you know, well, I mean, I had done all those in separate steps for different reasons, but you know, and, and then there's still the fact that it can talk to ant plus devices at the same plus at the same time. Not bad. My experience with the standard ticker rather than the ticker X, uh, you know, I, I used the ticker X once for a while, but I, I've mostly been a ticker user and I got to say, I almost sort of want to give the ticker X a try again because of so many of the interesting things it can do for runners and, you know, hikers and whatnot. Uh, How does he- that actually, can you speak to that? Like, cause I haven't explored it in that way. Like what, what, what does that look like? Like if I were to go for a run with the ticker X and I have one, mm-hmm. like what do you, what does it mean that it has memory and that it, I can upload that late? Like, what is that? What do I actually doing in, in, am I just strapping it on and going for a run and then what? Uh, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, it's funny because the, the, the way I know it best is, you know, using it with a watch or other type unit. Um, but yeah, you can just strap it on, go for a run, come back, and then upload the data directly from the just strap. by syncing it to your yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay, it's pretty cool. Well, I'll try got, that. That's interesting. Yeah. Now they've got another new little feature. So for everybody who's been strapped to their trainer of late, mm-hmm. it can now transmit cadence data to the Wahoo Fitness app. Huh? Yes, cadence data. How? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You know, I feel like that cartoon where it says, and then a miracle occurs. <laughs> but, you know, I read that. I, you know, this is one of those things. This is the difference between talking about a, a unit that you're kind of new to and something you've got deep experience with. That's something I read about as I was going through and familiarizing wow, I myself didn't see with all that. the other stuff. Yeah. Uh, okay. It, it's it's pretty deep in the press release. <laughs> um, but, you know, I mean, I, you know, one of the other things that nobody even talks about is how the strap now, the contacts are even softer and more flexible than they were. And so, you don't break them. That was my only uh, thing. I actually uh-huh. did break a couple of the where the snaps are. I uh-huh. did. I have had I've broken it off of the main pod. You know what I mean? Like the snap actually just busted that plastic thing. This <laughs> the new the new setup seems way more sturdy. Like even though it's lighter and everything, it seems like a better connection. I uh, I never did that, but I will confess that after one particularly cold, nasty event that I did last year, I was so uh, incapacitated by my own efforts that in pulling off the chest strap and getting tangled in it in the backseat of my car, I actually managed to peel off one of the contacts The just it, my arm and the way my hand sat on it and uh, on the seat and whatnot. What are the contacts on the strap? Yep. yep. Oh, wow. Got, uh, well, that's new. I consider that a hundred percent me and not their product. Yeah. No, I, I break everything as we've discussed and I never broke <laughs> yeah. it that way. <laughs> well, again, I consider this kind of the day that was, that was also the day where I had to use my thumbs to try to get booties off. Uh, 
Yeah. Anyway. But anyway, I've noticed that the, the contacts on the new strap are just, a, a, they're a little softer, a little more bendy. And so the, the strap actually feels more comfortable on me than it used to. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, another thing that nobody else is going to talk about compared to the chest straps that I was using in the 1990s, the elastic doesn't die anymore. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah. the elastic doesn't die. It also doesn't drop. Like the connections, I've never had to like <laughs> lick that thing or do anything gross. I don't have to like, I just put it on and it's, it magically shows my heart rate. Like I don't, you have right. to like all that wetting of the chest. Like I don't ever do that. And, it and just, you never get a heart rate of 246 when you're riding next to your friend. Right. <laughs> There's that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so yeah, there are all these little things. And I mean, also considering that the ticker goes for $49.95 and the ticker X is $79.95. Great prices. They've come down from where they were first yeah. were when they were introduced, uh, you know, and then you can also get them bundled with the element, the element bolt and the element Rome. I, you know, I just, I love how they do things. Um, I do too. Yeah. So, uh, definite fan. Uh, there'll be a link. Cool. Yeah, no, totally, totally agree. I have, I am a very, very large fan of their products. I think they're intuitive and well-designed and, uh, they work. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All righty. Well, I think that's a wrap on another episode of the pace line. Everybody keep those questions coming. You all have been sending some great stuff. If you've got an idea, please drop by RKP and put a suggestion in the comments. Don't forget our Paceline kits from Primal. They're up in the RKP store. We hope you've enjoyed the show. And if you have, please leave us a good review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. It makes us easier for other listeners to find. Until next week, I'm Patrick Brady with Celine Yeager. Thanks for listening to The Paceline.